My name is Sonia, and I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> Hi, Sonia. <laughs> While our dad is usually a main source of subject when discussing our personal and mutual dysfunction, we would like to emphasize the fact that having daddy issues or a father at all is not required to blame poor life decisions on your childhood or to join us in discussion. This podcast aims to create a safe environment for young adults to open up and reflect on how and why they are the way that they are and how to use or lose those behaviors going forward in a light, comical, and laid-back setting. Basically, we get drunk and get real about our choices, and we invite anyone and everyone to join us. We are an all-inclusive space. Childhood trauma spares no one. Well, I'm just not having a good time with life as of recently. (laughs) How was your day? So... I got another flat tire today. This is my second flat tire in two weeks. Nails both times. Nails. Yes. Is it because the city or? I don't know. And I also only drive my car like once a week. So basically the past two times that I've driven, I've gotten a flat tire. Very unfortunate. But so today I had to call AAA again to come into, come to my apartment and fix my tire so then I can take it to discount tire. And... You have to come into my parking garage. I kind of have to park in a pretty creepy parking garage. Mm -hmm. So I have to, like, let the AAA guy come up, and we have to meet in the dimly lit parking garage so he can change my tire. And last week when I did it, I went outside of the gate that no one else can get in, and he changed my tire. He was very creepy. (laughs) Maybe it was the dim lighting. I don't know. I felt uncomfortable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He changed my tire. And he's like, okay, you're good to go. I get through my gate, and I'm turning my corner to park into my parking spot, and I see him speeding around the corner. Like, he sped through the gate before it could close. Oh, my God. Like, speeding up behind me. And I was like, I think I'm literally about to die right now. What is happening? And, like, I get out of my car slowly. And I did hear a weird noise on my tire when I was driving away. He's like, I, sorry, ma'am, I just want to make sure that, like, I tighten your things all the way. I'm not, like, I'm not 100% confident. And so he tightened them, and he was like, they're all good, and he left. I'm not 100% sure. I think he was trying to figure out where I lived, but he left, and it was fine. Oh, my God. And then today, I called AAA again to get my tire changed, go outside of the gate, and lo and behold, who shows up? (laughs) The same guy as last time. He gets out of the car. He goes, oh, it's you again. I was like, I am setting myself up to die. And he setting changed, myself on fire immediately. He changed my tire and he left, but like I'm almost positive he knows where I live. And I don't know, he maybe 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 he's putting the nails out there. <gasps> That's <laughs> it. That's hundred percent it. No, but then I took my t- my car to uh, discount tire to get my tire changed. He told me it was gonna take two hours, so I took an Uber home. And when I got home, I was like, I did not get my car keys. Or my house keys. So I went to the leasing office and they said, leave your ID here and we can take the key, go up, unlock your door and come back. And my leasing office is pretty far. It's like a five minute walk. It's freezing outside. So I walk up, go unlock the door and I'm like, I'm cold. So I'm going to get my jacket. So when I walk back and then I'm lost in my thoughts like I usually am. And apparently I locked the door automatically Walk down to the leasing office, get another five minute walk, get my ID and stroll up to my house, ready to go in and cuddle with my cat and turn the knob and the door is full. So I took myself back to the leasing office 
and once again had to exchange my ID for the key, walk another five <laughs> minutes up, unlock the door, make sure I kept it unlocked, and go back down. This took about 45 minutes to oh get gosh. into my apartment. And then Discount Tire texts me and says, your car is done early. Oh, my <laughs> God. like, I should have stayed there. Oh, my God. But, yeah, that just. <laughs> so how is that dad's fault? It's definitely his fault somehow. <laughs> I don't know how. That's Honestly, Jesus. if he could have taught me how to maybe change a tire when I was oh, younger. Oh, that would have been helpful. I would have had to call this creepy man into my parking garage. That would have been incredibly helpful. And I might not have to put bars on my windows because I'm afraid he's coming to get me now. Well, do you know how to put bars on your windows or are you going to have to call some other creepy man to do that? Yeah, because dad didn't teach me. He sure shit did not teach us how to put bars on our windows. Thanks, dad. Welcome to the Sonia episode. The first one. We got this. up son what are we talking about today well we're back with our second episode um second episode of what daddy issues <laughs> and we are going to delve into my side a little bit yeah. um so we talked a little bit last week about um how that one experience kind of put us down two different paths so we're going to kind of dive a little deeper so what was your path that you took um, well, like I said last time, after that whole thing with dad, um, I think my reaction was more so to be like, I guess it kind of, I feel like it turned me into a people pleaser a little bit because I was trying to do everything that I could to like make sure everyone around me was happy because I was kind of afraid of, you know, yeah, rejection. abandonment, rejection. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, So I was, like, thinking back on it, and it was still, like, right after that all happened when we would go see Dad, like, every other weekend. So we'd go to Grandma's um, every Saturday, and we'd all have, like, breakfast together and stuff, and then Dad would go out and start washing his car and all of that. And I remember you and Carl would plop on the couch and start watching cartoons and being kids like we were supposed to be. (laughs) And I would, like, tag along with Dad and go help him clean his car I literally on my like hands and knees I remember with like, a toothbrush scrubbing his tires because I just wanted to do whatever I could to possibly make him happy and, and bond and like actually spend that time with him yeah that's true that. It's, that was probably part of it but um I even remember grandma coming out and being like so like, you don't have to be out here I'm like no it's fine grandma like I'm having a great time <laughs> but I truly wanted to be inside with you and Kay watching Nickelodeon. It was a great time. It was a party in there. All you can eat popcorn. But I feel <laughs> like I... Oh, that's what Kay said earlier. <laughs> she was like... She said earlier, like, I would literally... You guys were scoop butter out with the spoon from yeah. the popcorn bag. She's like, that's what we were doing when you were out there. Um, but I think part of it was trying to do whatever I could to like make him happy but I think another part of it is I honestly felt bad for him like I didn't want him to be alone and that's why I would go out there and I feel like that's what I I don't know I always just have like that guilt feeling yeah but which is wild it's very common amongst kids of divorce though to feel guilty yeah I don't know but my my guilt like and all of that always went towards dad I don't know why I 
Just, yeah. But yeah. did you feel like, um, did you feel angry at me or, me or Carl at all? Oh, definitely not. No? I never really felt, no, sometimes I was like, oh, I wish I was, like, in there with them and stuff, but I don't think I ever got angry about it. Okay. I didn't, I don't think I expected that. I just felt like it was something that I had to do, mm-hmm. and it honestly made me feel better, so, like, I was doing it for him, but if I was inside with you guys, if I were inside with you guys, I think I would just have that guilt, and I would have felt... And did you feel like you got to, like, bond with him more, almost? I kind of, yeah, I feel like me and Dad have always been just, like, a little bit closer Mm -hmm. than you and Dad or Carl and Dad, so I think so. And I, yeah, I think it definitely made us closer throughout. So even though you felt that, like, original allegiance to him, I think that that guilt propelled you to almost thicken that almost throughout time? yeah. Like, when it was him versus mom, I, yeah. I'd always, like, kind of, I feel like, lean towards dad. Yeah. Just, I don't know, I always felt bad. And it's, like, why would I feel bad when he's the one who literally cheated on mom and left? And I still felt bad cause I, because I felt like he was alone. So, yeah. Yeah, but that's kind of, like, showing in your character and the type of person that you are. That you don't want, for any reason, for someone to be alone. Even if it is their own doing. Because that is a human thing to do. Like, self-sabotage is very common. Yeah. But. And I I feel like then that experience has definitely stayed with me, like, throughout my whole life. Whether it was in friendships or in, like, relationships with, even, like, I think, I'm thinking of, like, with teachers and stuff. I always felt like I wanted to do, be, like, just be a people pleaser, basically, and, Mm -hmm. like, make other people happy yeah but then it in turn also kind of makes you happy which is why you probably have not stopped doing that yeah and I, I feel like I was actually thinking about that earlier like I feel like people pleaser has a really bad connotation to it it makes like when I had that realization thinking back to the experience with dad and when I was reflecting on it and thinking like how did that make me this way I was like, it kind of made me a people pleaser, and I kind of was, I was like, that has such a negative connotation, it makes it seem like you just, like, let anyone walk all over yeah, you, like, like a you have no backbone, and I was yeah. like, that's not the kind of person that I want to be seen as. It's not how you stuff. are, and that's not how I view you at all, either, because I actually find that you stand up for yourself a lot. I think that what kind of happens to you is you build up, because you've been quiet and doing things for people for so long, that eventually you're like enough but you do say enough so I don't see you as like a doormat that you're envisioning from that phrase at all whatsoever um but I've also I also know what you mean it starts to feel like oh do people just use use my kindness and kind of like when you would make me be your servant when we were younger (laughs) okay so yes here's the thing you got a free ticket to hang out with the older kids so it was a fair trade did I make you be my servant on occasion yes did I sometimes blend random pantry foods into a blender and make you eat them also yes (laughs) but honestly I feel like I had, like, whenever you, like, be my servant, I was like, okay. Sometimes I feel like I probably ask you, like, can I be yes, your you servant today? Like, absolutely did. I, and that's just 
I don't know. That just really reflects I feel like how I am now. I, I just, and I see it as in, well, okay, I'm a total empath, like to a detriment. It sucks. I, I honestly feel like I feel other people's emotions mm-hmm. sometimes more than I feel my own. When other people are sad, like I am, I feel it and I feel mm-hmm. like I have to do something to fix it honestly probably selfishly because I'm like I just don't want to feel sad anymore yeah. so let's fix this fix this because I don't like you being sad but on the other hand I also feel other people's happiness probably more so than my own I honestly feel happier when I see the people I love happier than when I'm happy yeah so yeah maybe I'm more agreeable or can be seen as a people pleaser because I kind of just say yes to everything or trying to like focusing more on them being like reaching their goals and being happy yeah because it then makes you happier exactly it makes me feel happier than when I'm happy so I just think it's hard to set that boundary oh for sure because people will definitely take advantage of it but if it's making I I for sure have taken advantage of it but if it's making (laughs) me happy then I feel like there's no harm in it there's harm and I think what you need to do is like I mean, this is definitely the first step, even just realizing it as a, th- as a thing. Um, I think you can have both. I think you can be a people pleaser and aim to help people without letting it be a detriment to yourself and knowing when your limits are and, be- and communicating that to people in all of your relationships and saying, this is too far. This is the line. Mm-hmm. Don't broach that line again. I don't think I realized the line until later because even with dad... I do feel like I have some resentment for it now, but I didn't then. And I don't realize it at the time when I'm doing it because it does make me happy. But then looking back, I think I do like resent when I do so much for others and I feel like it's not returned. Just because a certain amount of time has passed does not mean that you're not allowed to say, hello, you crossed a line at this time. Yeah. Let's not have that happen again because I'm now upset. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that there's no rules to you being able to say, hello, I'd like to set a boundary right now. Yeah. There's there's no rules for that. You can do that at any time. It could be years later and you could be like, yeah, that thing you did. I'm just now realizing in my path that that was not OK and that I'm starting yeah. to look at you differently for it. Are there any other um, examples of people pleasing that you see? Uh, well, like growing up, everything with mom, like even she was saying earlier, I felt like I couldn't take a step backwards without being afraid I was going to trample on you because I was like behind her at all times asking, what can I do to help? Can I help? Can I help? Can I cook dinner? Can I clean the bathroom? I just wanted to always be there. And so I just think that's translated to everything. I was legitimately convinced my entire life. I was not able to cook because every mother's day every mom's birthday it was you who had to make the omelet like I could not touch a single thing and I thought that I just couldn't cook I thought you were the only one in the whole family that could cook (laughs) turns out I'm pretty good at cooking I think I was cooking dinner trying to cook dinner at like eight years old yes you were you wanted to do anything you could to help yeah but even in my friendships I can see um like mostly in high school I think I grew out of it in college, but I was like the yes 
person to everyone. But even like in high school when we needed a DD or something like that, I'd always be like, yes, I'll do it. Like I wanted to make everyone else happy. And I probably did that on at times where I shouldn't have, but I was always just the yes person. And sometimes I feel like my friends would honestly take advantage of it and just know that I'd always be there no matter what. Be the what. responsible mm-hmm. one to be the mother. Like, yeah. To take care of the group. Oh, man, that was never me. <laughs> yeah. Let's get real. <clears throat> Have you seen any people-pleasing tendencies in your romantic relationships? Uh, well, yes. But I don't see them as people-pleasing. It's being agreeable... But I want to be agreeable, so why not do it? Yeah. But it's seen... The the thing is, it's seen as bad. Like, I feel like when you use the word people-pleaser or agreeable, it automatically has this bad connotation. Like... Because yeah. you're even reacting to it in a way that... When I say yeah, I'm a people-pleaser, you're like, well... I was just, no, I was saying it like that because I didn't know if you wanted to talk about your relationship. Oh, no. (laughs) I guess what I'm getting at is, well, when I noticed that quality about myself, I was being hard on myself about it. But I guess I'm trying to reframe it in a way that it's actually not a bad thing. Because I, it's. Is that healthy though? It's a quality of who I am, you know? Yeah. I feel like it is. Yeah. I, it's the reason I'm going into the profession that I am, that mm-hmm. I want to be a healthcare provider and stuff, because I genuinely do just like helping people, and if that's the case, if that, that's, that's what I was saying earlier, if that's the case, if that's the case, if it's bringing me genuine happiness, then I should be doing it. Yeah. And technically, you could look at that and say that's selfish. I think you should own every facet of yourself and say, screw you. I'm a people pleaser because it pleases me. Yeah. The number one person that matters. That's actually really big, I think. My name is Sonia, and I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Sonia. <laughs> Can you think of a time where you just royally disappointed somebody? Like, actually, rightfully so. Not, like, the dad example of leaving us on the curb. Like, you actually disappointed someone, and you were just, like... Like, purposely, or any... I mean, yeah. Either. Or an accident. Yeah. Um, I definitely disappointed mom a little bit in high school. <laughs> I think so. Surprise, it I was totally so bypassing that part of my life. <laughs> Disappointed is a really harsh word. I was a high schooler. Like, I made mistakes that maybe. You're talking to someone who. (laughs) You're talking to someone who left a trail of disappointment through all four years of high school. (laughs) But I guess when I'm talking about. I'm thinking of like small little mistakes that I learned from because Mm -hmm. I was like a teenager. But I think. I'm more scared of a di- being a disappointment, not because of an action that I do, but just because of the person I am. 
Does that make sense? Yes, and my whole heart just shattered. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but... Okay, so I personally think that you need to make sure that you are not disappointment to yourself. And that's really all that matters. Definitely something I'm working on. Yes. Do you love yourself? (laughs) Yes, I do love myself. I like, well, I have to think hard about it to be able to say that. But sometimes, well, I think everyone's not happy with themselves at times. Oh, for sure. But I do have to remind myself that I'm a badass sometimes. I think I forget that too often. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty cool. You should, like, you start, me. like, a tally on your mirror when you wake up in the morning. Like, if you say, like, if you look in the mirror and you feel like a badass, put, like, a tally or something. And then, like... I usually feel like a badass in the morning. It's at night. Okay, then at night before bed. <laughs> After I've been through a hard day, I, yeah. I feel a bit defeated. Yeah. Uh, or you could have, like, different colors for morning and night and I see, like, I if they start more, to like, up. I need to be more aware mm-hmm. and conscientious about my thoughts towards myself oh for sure I definitely think that I don't have a great self-talk I don't think anybody really does I don't know I've met some people where I'm like dang your self-esteem I know but (laughs) I was actually listening to this podcast about self-esteem well not about self-esteem but he happened to say that he's always had poor self-esteem his like entire life and he didn't realize because he became famous he started making all this money he did all these things that should there are these big accomplishments that should boost his self-esteem, but he didn't realize until later in life that he didn't get self-esteem from accomplishing those things, but from identifying like assumable acts and doing those Mm -hmm. because that's when you're going to feel good about yourself. When you look at other people and you see characteristics that you value and that you see as very esteemable and great, and then you do those yourself, that's what's going to build your self-esteem, not accomplishing something. So what I've been trying to do is identifying like different things that I see as esteemable. One being caring and helping for others or helping and caring for others. <laughs> um, and if I can do that every day and know that I helped someone or was kind to someone, that's what's going to make me feel good about myself. And that's, what's going to build my self-esteem. If I am like in school, getting an A in accomplishing that goal is not going to be what builds my self-esteem, but identifying that working, putting all my effort into it every day is what I see as valuable and esteemable. And if I do that myself, no matter what I get on that test, I'll mm-hmm. feel good about myself and I'll have that self-esteem. What was that podcast called? It's called <laughs> Armchair Expert. It's really good. I love that podcast. Um, all right. But I'm also trying to look at other qualities that I don't think I have that I see as esteemable and try to like emulate those and... I think one of them that I really, I think I really admire in you and is just not caring what other people think of you at all. I feel like I care way too much about what other people think of me. And I really, really admire people who can have their own thoughts and opinions that maybe everyone doesn't agree with and they can just do it and literally not care what other people think. So that's something I see as very assumable. And I think if I can adapt that, into who I am I would you think I don't care what people think of me you put it out there even if you do um, I think everyone (laughs) everyone obviously does a little bit on the inside but I don't let it affect my choices yeah 
that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You don't let it affect your choices. You may feel self-conscious at times and stuff, but you don't do let it, it anyway. affect you. And I, yeah, I think that's really admirable and something that Thank I you. want to. So, like, I'm also trying to identify things I see as valuable and trying to adapt them into my life. And that way, if I do all of those things every single day, even if I don't accomplish something, I feel good about myself because I did things that I see as good. Hell yeah. Well, while we're on the subject, something I admire in you is the way you're able able to complete tasks, like long-term tasks. You have a huge vision for your future, and you've been able to see it throughout this entire process of how you've, like, worked starting small towards your goals and with school and everything and just stayed on track and haven't wavered and like that is seriously something I've never been able to do I always get distracted or hop from thing to thing which we'll get into next (laughs) I'm being scared that I'm not going to be good enough oh (laughs) so I've become very disciplined I think like yeah yeah you're very very disciplined disciplined because I'm like I have to get this done yeah so but bad qualities are often your best qualities also. Yes, that's why, like, when you're in an interview, they're always like, what's your worst quality? And you're like, oh, this. I'm such a perfectionist. Yeah. Aw, <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> so I'm the people pleaser. That's me. Making it good thing. Yes. Because... Why should we take responsibility for our faults? Never. Nope. Not here. This ain't it. We're not going to take responsibility <laughs> for them, and we're also going to twist it in a positive light. Yes. We're going to take all of our bad qualities and convince you guys they're good ones. Yes, because that is therapy. That is the way to do it. You mm-hmm. don't actually fix anything. You just um, make excuses for it <laughs> and continue on trying. And there life. you have it. Those are our excuses for this week. <laughs> Next week, we'll get more into Gloria's. Yes, the rebellion. So come back to listen. Bye.